Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mama of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, Brave Table fam. How are you all doing? I am so glad you are tuning in today. I just want to say thank you so much for investing your time and energy, and I just want to welcome you. If this is your first time, I am Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is The Brave Table. This is your oasis. This is your destination, and I am so, so excited because today we have an incredible episode. Today, we are diving in with someone extraordinarily special. She is... I want to say she has literally built such an empire and has paved the way not only for females in entrepreneurship because of what the legacy she's already built with her company, but not only that, she is a mother, not only that, she is an artist, not only that, she is now a first-time author, and I am so, so excited to welcome you all to meeting Pyle Kadakia, as we welcome her to the Brave Table this week. Now, Pyle, if you haven't known who she is, she is the Class Pass founder, artist, and now author of her newest book, Life Pass, which is, yes, out everywhere you get your books. And a little bit about Pyle. Okay, this badass woman, Pyle Kadakia, not only is she the founder of Class Pass, which if you've never used it, it's literally the app that basically you can book any and all of your classes with. So the leading fitness and wellness membership, and it was acquired by MindBody in October of 2021. Now, prior to its acquisition, ClassPass had been valued at over $1 billion, yes, billion with a B, with members logging more than 100 hours of workouts across 30,000 partner studios in over 30 countries. That is right. Pyle is also the founder and artistic director of the Saw Dance Company, founded in 2009 with a mission to increase awareness of Indian dance in the mainstream and serve as a platform for expressing the Indian American identity through movement. Pyle has been featured in most major news outlets and has been listed as Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People and was named to Fortune's 40 Under 40 list. Before founding ClassPass, Pyle worked at Bain & Company and at Warner Music Group. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree from MIT, okay, super stellar, and Pyle's first book, Life Pass, Drop Your Limits, Rise to Your Potential, is already out now, you guys, and oh my goodness, this one was such a juicy episode, and it was so fascinating to sit down with her. Literally, this brought up so many things that being a woman of Asian descent and, you know, namely Indian and Filipino descent and being brown, there are so many feels that come up, and interviewing Pyle, she literally has 
pave the way, not just for what is possible in entrepreneurship, but also merging the gap between literally embracing and really leading with your identity, with your culture. She has made her love of dance and turned it, and it was her classical Indian love of dance, and turned it into a company that was valued at over a billion dollars and now basically just uh, got acquired from an incredible company, MindBody. So be careful what you wish for because it may just come true. When you are discovering your passions and really cultivating and honing in on what is possible and really leading with that. I mean, there are so many things that you can do, but namely, you can potentially change the world. And it's what she has become this iconic visionary to be able to pave the way for so many other people, not just from a cultural and being brown standpoint, but also from a female just being able to do really incredible things. And now she's a mother and it's just amazing to see her walk in this new era of becoming an author as well. And we talk about the different nuggets of growing up with our cultural identities. I remember, shout out to Disney Magnet School when I was growing up, literally, you know, in the city of Chicago. It, it was the inner city, but basically not the inner city where, I mean, we, we had to, you know, test to get into Disney Magnet. I had such incredible memories there, such incredible friends there. But everybody was like, there were, there. it was diverse, but most of my friends, literally all of them were, Latin and they were from, they were either Mexican or Puerto Rican, or they were all of Spanish descent. And I was, I was, I was not, and I wanted to belong like any young girl. And I remember hiding my identity. I remember leading with the fact that, you know, my ancestors on my Filipino side are from Spain. I never really honored that I was Indian because I didn't want to get made fun of. I didn't want, like, it was not cool to be Indian growing up. And shout out to all of you who literally hid your identities because you were fear that you were going to get made fun of or you were going to get bullied. I remember being bullied in the seventh grade just because I was different. And that was not a really good feeling to have. And so we definitely dive into this because she's paving the way for so many young people to now it is cool to embrace your cultural identity and wear it on your sleeve. And I mean, kudos to, you know, the, the folks who are growing up in this era now. And, you know, there's so much hope for even when my kids get into school, like they're you know, your uniqueness is should be celebrated. And we talk about that in this episode and into how to include it as part of you instead of hiding beneath a veil or having to diminish your light in order to fit in. We also talk about how to create agreements with loved ones because Pyle discusses in her book, especially uh, also on the podcast around the pressures of getting married. And for immigrant cultures where you know, it's usual that women get married early and, and trying to find a partner. Like there's so many pressures around that and how to create boundaries so that you can actually go after your biggest audacious dreams uh, and set expectations and how to honor them when their viewpoints of you are different from your own and how to relentlessly go after what you love. And finally, she talks about the turning point of leaving your job to take that leap and what happens as a result when you actually let go. So, so powerful. And finally, how to find your purpose through rekindling activities from your childhood and doing more of that. And honestly, so much more goodness. I am so excited and 
Let's get into the episode. Let's welcome Payal Kadakia to the Brave Table. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to welcome Payal to the Brave Table. Hello, woman. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, it is so great. This has like been a long time coming. I'm so excited for you in this new chapter. Uh, first things first, congratulations on your you. incredible book, Life Pass. Thank oh, you great. so much. I'm, it's so exciting to have it out in the world now and getting everyone's feedback, but thank you so much. Oh my goodness. No, it was amazing. What I feel like we met maybe a couple years ago at like at Jay's party. Jay's and- surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, he created this amazing thing. So I feel like what I'm being called to start out with for you is there's a quote in your book all around purpose. And I I think for the Brave Table fam, it'd be so interesting to start here because you say the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose is to give it away. So let's start there because it seems like you knew what that was. And, and even one of your chapters was the calling is revealed to you. So let's start there in your, in your journey. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I fell in love with Indian dance. And of course, you know, it was a hobby and it was a passion of mine. But more importantly, it gave me a place where I could give to other people, right? And I think that is a really important thing about when I talk about purpose. It's this idea of something that, you know, we might innately be passionate about, but it needs to really impact other people and their lives. And I feel, you know, really blessed that I found something that I felt so enlightened by when I was younger, because what it did is it made me always know what the true north was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't chasing you know, I wasn't chasing anything like fancy cars or any of that. Like I just felt so fulfilled (laughs) in what I had that it really, nothing could trump that. Right. And I think that's really why I think it's so important for all of us to have that because we start to just realize the impact and importance of that in our lives. Well, especially coming from kind of the whole, you know, I'm going to get into growing up brown and growing up, you know, with all of the different pressures. And I think that, you know, I, I think even for you growing up, I, I was reading in your book, you you too had some of the, the most similar pre- pressures. So for those who are kind of like stuck because they're not really into a lot of the things that we would think that would really, you know, get into our purpose, what advice would you have for them to really dive into how to find and cultivate their purpose? Yeah, I think the first thing is to honestly reflect back on the things you've loved in your life, right? Like we forget so much of the time that we've already have things that we already feel really spiritually connected to, right? So whether it's passions, hobbies, even types of people, right? Or mm-hmm. things in the world that we, you know, feel that angst for or feel deep passion for. So first, it's really just, you know, thinking about to your own life and what things you may have loved in your life, right? And you know, if you're still at a loss, then I would say go and try new things. Right. So that's another big part of it for me, even to come up with the idea of class pass, I had to be in a different place in a different world and be in San Francisco to sort of even entertain the idea of Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And that really, you know, put me on a different trajectory in my life. So sometimes we need to get out of our current routine and try some new things. And the last thing I would say is, you know, it's already inside you. So I think a lot of times you also have to declutter and get rid of a lot of the noise in your life that might be taking up your time or, you know, other momentum because you really want to kind of go back to just, 
being in a place where, um, you know, you can hear it because it's already there. You don't need anyone else to tell you what it is. You'll know, but you have to be willing to listen. Oh, I feel that declutter because there's so much noise, especially yeah. from immigrant parent households where, yeah. you know, it's kind of like education is first and that's the only thing that matters. And yeah, you can do, you can do dance or you can do the other things and paint and explore, but really, you know, doctor, dentist, lawyer, and all of the other things come first. So segueing into that, you mentioned two really big things, uh, kind of getting out of your normal routine. So take us through kind of the early beginnings of class pass, because I think this is a, a a path that we, we, we should just take everybody on. Yeah. So, all right. So like, let's go back to August, 2010. I was, you know, in the middle of New York city and I had, you know, just gone to San Francisco. I, had this idea of potentially creating, you know, a, a company. And I gave myself two weeks to think of an idea because I thought, Hey, you know what? If I didn't think of something in two weeks, I should probably find another job because I didn't like where I was currently at the moment in my, in my career. So, so this was when I, you were still at Bain. I was actually at Warner at this point. So okay. I had left Bain to go to Warner music group because I wanted more time to dance. And actually during that time, my first entrepreneurial endeavor was actually my dance company. So I was actually at that point, I had a dance company and I I was working during the day in the music industry and that was my life. And then only after three years of doing that, and honestly, my dance company was seeing a lot of good success. Did I end up on the other side and, you know, at a place where I basically, um, you know, wanted to really try something new, wanted to find a way to not be two people showing up to work as one person showing up as an artist in the evenings. And so that's really when I started thinking about a new, you know, career idea. And so I went out to SF, was inspired by entrepreneurship, gave myself two weeks to think of an idea. So here I was 36 hours later, and I, you know, was obviously very active in dance. So I was taking dance classes daily and I was studying ballet at the time. And I decided to take another class, right? I just was kind of had that inspiration to try something new. Right, of course. And I go onto my computer and I'm on 50 different websites. And I, it was just such a miserable experience that I, I realized in that moment, this is probably preventing so many people, right, from doing the things that they love, staying connected to their passions. And here I was six years out of college, like still trying to dance, um, you know, in the normal world. Most of my friends were like going off to get married and other things, but... I was like, no, like we have to keep our passions in our life. So I felt in that moment that I knew I wanted to solve this problem for other people. So that was my initial sort of concept of of what ClassPass was. It wasn't even called that at the time, but it was sort of a search engine for classes that we would start. Like how incredible is that? And shout out to San Francisco, because I feel like when anybody goes there, it's like forget every everything else you're going to start and like you're going to start your your company you're going to start something entrepreneurial because i feel like that was my my thing too it was like all right forget dentistry i've been to the bay area i get what everyone is like yeah. drinking in the water there totally so so as we kind of get into like i love that you brought this up uh, with identity and the merging of your identity in, in terms of, you know, the American culture and the Indian culture. And there's this one passage in your book around, uh, and, and I would love for you to share the story around you were, you know, you were captain of the cheerleading squad and then you were doing like Garba dance at night. Like, how was that? Because I feel like for every single Brown girl, you were like paving the way to, kind of merge two worlds that when we were growing up, it was not cool to be Daisy. 
Right. Um, let's see. So I did what I knew how at the time, which was split myself in two, which I talk about in the book. So, you know, every, uh, basically fall, there was this huge Navratri festival, uh, that would have take place. So it's in India. They do it for nine nights straight here because we have jobs and stuff. We do it over four weekends where everyone goes to a local school and we literally dance till two, three in the morning. And it's, it's a form of dance called Garba and Ras that we do. And it starts around like 9 p.m. And it, like I said, it goes on for five hours. It's, it's so fun. And it happens every Friday and Saturday night for four weeks. I literally would do a countdown to it every year of my life. It usually would coincide with the football season. And I was a football cheerleader in my town. I cheerleaded actually for 10 years. And so I was captain of my varsity um, cheerleading squad. And, you know, everyone came to the games. Like it wasn't like I, a small thing. And I remember having to go from my cheerleading outfit to my Indian Navratri outfit, which is intense. Like you show up wearing, you know, the the bottom, the top, the ordinary, like pinned a certain way and you're going to dance. So it needs to be safety pinned everywhere with all the jewelry and all the bangles. And you're so colorful. And I would kind of hide in my car and do that. And it was always such an interesting experience to flip so quickly. Right. And then I, and sometimes we would have games the next day and I'd be tired because I was dancing until two, three in the morning. And it was just such an interesting divide I was living at the time. And, you know, in hindsight, what I would say, and I think this is part of what I talked about in my book is I really learned how to bring them all together. And a lot of that was through saw, like when I started building my dance company, I realized I created a place where my Indian and American identity could come together through art and through work. And I think class was similarly, you know, while I had the Indian and American duality when I was younger, I think I faced a lot of the business and creative duality mm-hmm. as I got older. So here I was, you know, someone who could execute and do great, you know, do like had studied business. And at the same time, I was an artist and I was creating beautiful work. And I lived two lives again, you know, and that's really when I got to that crux of when I decided to quit my job to start class paths. I was at that point again, where I'm like, I have been in this duality life before. It does not feel good. Nothing good comes of it. I've seen something beautiful come from when I merge, when I merge the parts of who I, who I am, what if I try that again? And that really ended up manifesting in me starting my own company and what was class fast. How amazing. How amazing. And the fact that you've been able to continue to merge and blend so many different worlds, saw your dance company is wildly successful. And now, of course, Class Pass being the unicorn that it is. Congratulations on the acquisition. Amazing. Amazing. Hey there, love. I wanted to take a break for a moment and invite you to something that I really think you may benefit from. So are you the person that has all of these ideas and ambitions swirling around in your head about what you kind of want to achieve this year, but you don't really know where to start? So maybe that's new habits. Maybe it's practices and rituals that you want to create for yourself. But you're like, uh, I just don't have the time and I have so many things to do. Okay, I feel you. I used to feel like I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted from my goals because I honestly was not taking the time to get clear on them and really taking the right actions. And honestly, I looked everywhere and I mean everywhere. I did all of the things to find out what really worked when it came to manifesting our deepest desires in life. So. I took everything that worked, scrapped what didn't, and gathered all of the goods into literally one juicy step-by-step burnout-free and goal-getting guide, which I finally nailed down the formula with. 
and it's called my Elevated Intention Setting Planner. It is so juicy, you guys. If you haven't grabbed your copy of my free Intention Setting Planner to help you manifest your desires, you can grab it here for free at globalgrit.co backslash E-Y-L. Again, it's G-L-O-B-A-L-G-R-I-T dot co backslash E-Y-L for your free copy. And honestly, I've been using it for the past eight years now. It's helped me hit 100% of my goals, even my juiciest ones, like my multiple six-figure book deal, my dream house on a hill, my partner who would travel the world with me, not to mention becoming a mama of two. Yep. So what are you waiting for, Brave Table fam? Claim what's yours now by grabbing your free intention setting planner today and truly elevate your life. I literally walk you through step-by-step on how to use it. And I know you'll thank me later. It is honestly my deep gratitude and my gift for you and this incredible community. So check it out. It's globalgrit.co backslash E-Y-L. And now back to the show. So I guess I want to go back to and really unpack that moment that you said that you were quitting your job. And there were a couple of doors that actually opened up in that same season of life in that same time. If you can take us through that, because I think for so many professional women and women who are now starting to embark more on their purpose and their passion and leaving professional careers, kind of like mine, medicine and law to yeah. start something new. Take us through that journey of, of the, of the, the fear of, yeah. of saying yes to yourself. Yeah. Um, I will start with this beautiful quote by Robin Sharma, which is your greatest life is on the other side of your greatest fear. And I don't think there is anything as scary as quitting your job and having no structure, having no income, having no security. And so I remember being very scared on that day. And while I obviously had the idea of classes, had I didn't get started on it yet. Like it was a very, very early concept in my head. So I didn't have anything I was falling back on. And I, you know, walked in, I obviously told my boss, I decided to write an email to other colleagues I had worked with at the company before. And one of them, who was the vice chairman of Warner Music Group, decided to call me to his office because at this time, you know, in the same way, I think a lot of people nowadays like want to invest in companies. He was investing in a lot of startups. So he was, and I said, I was going to go do something entrepreneurial. He was like, Hey, you know, I'd love to hear about what you're working on. So I went to his office, started telling him about the idea. And he said, great. Like, I'd love to give you a check for 10 K and I'll also do an intro for you into another, you know, another, um, incubator that was in New York city at the time. And it was so crazy to me how doors just open right on the day. I literally quit my job. I walked out of the building with a $10,000 check, which is crazy to think about. Right. Because I could have asked for that any other day I was working there, but I did not Right. And it was literally getting over a big fear in my life that uncovered all these incredible doors. Just amazing. And for for you during that time, because obviously you talk about your parents a lot in the book, how was that relationship between you and your parents? You know, my parents have always been such champions of my life. Like from day one, I mean, my mom has been such a great role model to me, especially as a woman, because she worked hard. You know, like everyone always asks me, you know, did you ever feel comfortable being a woman? I'm like, my mom taught me to like, to never think a woman didn't deserve everything in the world. So I never showed up thinking that. Um, And I think that's really important. My parents both stressed education and they they literally gave up their entire lives for that. 
Um, I think the things that were hard and these things I think happened for a lot of people is just the expectations. And I think being an Indian woman, um, you know, and obviously taking a little bit of a different path in my life, they probably would have preferred me to like get married earlier and sort of do this more normal things that they were seeing, you know, our relatives do or other friends, kids do. Um, and so that came up, you know, and I, I kind of go in depth about the conversation with me, and my mom around marriage, which comes up obviously a lot, especially dun, in dun, dun. all families, but in Indian <laughs> every families, single, 100%. yeah, every single immigrant family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I appreciate where it comes from. And I, I talk a lot about that too. Like you have to understand that the expectation is coming out of love and it's coming out of a place of, of goodness, right? They don't want you to be alone. They want you to feel like they have, you have family and all of that. But, you know, for me at this time, it just wasn't the right time for me to be focused on it. Right. And I needed to create a boundary for it. And so I, you know, have this interesting way where I dealt with it, which was, and I would talk to my mom every day. Like I loved calling her. I loved talking to her. Uh, and every single time she would go into the dating conversation, I'd be like, Hey mom, I gotta go. I got a meeting. I love you. (laughs) Peace out. I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she finally like caught on, but it was my way to of protecting my my mind and knowing that you know I wanted to walk into work and not feel that baggage and feel happy and you know and I I do think it took away from certain precious moments in my life like I do think that I spent a lot of my 20s feeling inadequate or insufficient because I wasn't dating somebody or like wasn't on the path to getting married and I just think we need to change that narrative because I mean, I was, I was doing incredible things as a woman in, you know, tech and one of like the first, you know, and I couldn't appreciate it at the time. I couldn't see it. You know, I, I can only imagine like Pyle in her twenties, you were probably thinking of like one hand marriage and boys and like not being single. And then the other hand, it's like, all right, I'm going to build this company on my own. So as so what is your advice now to young single high achieving women who are like yeah. that same pressure stay ambitious first of all like don't give up on that right like know know what your ambition is and be very clear on that for yourself but create boundaries right like it is on you to surround yourself with the right energy which ultimately fuels your, the own expectations of your life. Right. And, and actually let me even go deeper on point one, which is yeah, you need to define what your expectations are. No one, you know, we never went to a class on how to set expectations for your, for your life. Yeah. And honestly, like that is the biggest reason I wrote this book. And honestly, like the biggest thing I hope someone takes away from the exercises and doing the workshop of goal setting and all of that, because what I've always been very clear on is what my priorities are. So I can't get you know, I can't get pushed around by other people's expectations of me because I will, I will do a good job no matter what I say yes to, but I want those yeses to be the things I decided to do, not based on other people's, right? So going back to sort of point one, I would say, just know what your expectations are. And then second, when there's other expectations that are being piled on you, learn to set boundaries and be okay with it and don't feel guilty about it, right? I think so much of the time, we sit there and say, and we feel obliged to doing things, seeing people, going to things, doing favors for people. And of the course, like certain things are important and you have to figure out, figure that out based on, you know, relationships that you have. But, you know, I remember realizing this in the beginning, like I missed a lot of important things when class bus was growing. And in hindsight, everyone, you know, at the time they, people didn't maybe understand it as much, but now everyone's like seeing the impact of it. And 
everyone knows like I was doing it for a good reason, right? I was, I was working hard towards something to give to other people. And I think when you are doing something that's genuine, even for me dance, like I think the people who helped me and my parents coming around to dance, they saw me doing something well and succeeding in it. And it felt authentic, right? I wasn't, I wasn't like doing it for money or fame or any of those sort of vices. I was really doing it because I genuinely cared. And I, you know, people were being attracted to that because it was genuinely an authentic, purposeful venture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so many gems and such great advice for, I think all of us, you know, cause I feel like there's this constant evolution at every season and stage. And I think you just put it so beautifully now for the last couple of minutes that I have you before you head off and into your book tour. Um, so we have this igniting round and I want to ask, what does it mean to be brave in this season? To be brave means you go after what you want in your life without anything holding you back. Mm. And what is, now that you are a mama of Zane, love seeing his photos, what is a <laughs> ritual or a practice that you like to do with him or before he even wakes up in the mornings? Before he wakes up in the morning? Um, if you can. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I wake up with him basically because I... I like, I like sleep. So he's basically my alarm in the morning. Amazing. Um, but I love my time with him after he wakes up. Like I don't check my phone in the morning. I, I give him like that first morning time without sort of getting lost in messages and all that stuff and emails. Uh, so that I give him. And then, you know, my, and I really love like bedtime with me for him is like my favorite time with him because I feel like he's just tells me his day and I get to cuddle with him and, and play with them and play peekaboo with them over and over again. It's the best. Oh my gosh. The best. I, know. I love, love seeing you as a mama. Oh, thank you. And finally, what word describes the season of life? This season of life. Mm-hmm. Transformation. I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right, Pyle. This is. Thank amazing. you. Thank you so much for being on. You guys, like Brave Table fam. Life Pass is out right now. It is already creating ripple effects. You can check it out at lifepasspassbook.com. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Pile, such a pleasure as always. Oh my goodness. Love, we'll have Thank to do you this again. for having me. Thank you, Nita. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Brave Table fam, welcome back. Wasn't that an incredible episode? I hope you learned so, so much. I know that it was short and power-punched and... Pyle is so inspiring. I mean, for her to create two simultaneous businesses at the same time, the Saw Dance Studio that's still thriving and going strong, as well as now her journey into being an author and an artist and literally selling her company. It's just so amazing and to see how our visions can truly expand ourselves in the greatest possible way. And how incredible it is to witness 
that some of the things that we probably loved, like the hobbies that we had, painting as a kid or collecting things, being an adventurist, going out on hikes, and maybe you were one of those, you know, that collected rocks or uh, that were painting in your basement or had sculptures that were collected, you know, recycled materials and created it into art. You could probably do something with that and um, really expand your reality to what's possible. And I feel like this episode gives anybody who has a creative vision, anybody who is curious about entrepreneurship, anybody who is wild about their passions and want to merge them into their next chapter, it's totally possible um, with that relentless pursuit that Kyle was talking about. And I don't know about you, but I definitely went back into my child school, childhood and, and old school days of of dance and, and doing dance, Indian dance, Filipino dance, even Hawaiian dance growing up. And how to even, if you're not even going to, you know, create a business out of it, that's one thing, but to rekindle some of those things that made you come alive when you were younger. I think that is such a sweet spot for this episode. So definitely, if you loved it, please share this with a friend, family member, parent, somebody that you think would so benefit from the inspiration, the wisdom that Pyle just shared. And yes, get Pyle's book. I mean, such a game changer. Life Pass. She definitely goes through a lot of even exercises as well as uh, props. Uh, she goes through four different ways to create and set goals that really work for you and really the why behind it. So it's so, so powerful. And I know that it is game changing. I know that many, many friends have already kind of gotten their girls groups and friends groups together. So it's definitely one to share amongst your friends. And if you like this episode, definitely would so, so appreciate a review. We are literally just starting out of the gate here. And it is because of you that we are going strong. And uh, we would love a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcast. It really, truly helps grow the show and get more people access to being brave in their lives. So when you do, I will go ahead and reward you with a very, very special gift. You will get my Grow Your Grit seven-day emotional mastery course. That's right, straight to your inbox. And once you upload it at thebravetable.com backslash giveaway, that's right, Brave Table thebravetable.com backslash giveaway. You enter yourself to win some Apple AirPods along with some other self-care prizes. We've got that going on until literally the middle of the month. So I am very, very excited to invite you all to take advantage of that and good luck. And always keep being brave. I will see you next time on The Brave Table. Brave Table.